The Lasso Way with Matt and Neil. The Lasso Way. We are the Lasso Brothers back for episode four. Neil, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Good. Good to hear. Um, soccer season's upon us. Are you going to any games to, to start the MLS season here? Sure. I, I, I can't miss a Dynamo opener, even though most people have them pegged for uh, the bottom <laughs> of the league again this year. They haven't, they haven't made a lot of, a lot of good signings. Um, they tried to get Danny Rojas on, on loan and he ended <laughs> up going to Sporting KC. So um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun to go to the opener. There's always so much hope in an opener, you know, they're <laughs> everyone's top yeah. of the table if they can get a result that first weekend. That's the hope that kills you, Neil. So, uh, <laughs> um, so before we get going into the episode and stuff, as we keep kind of plugging along through the rewatch and the podcast, I'm trying to look at some work situations and home situations through a, a lens of Ted Lasso. Have you encountered any of those this week? Um, I usually get to that point and think about it. And then I usually just say like, yeah, <laughs> I can't be as positive as Ted, but, uh, he certainly uh, made me look at some problems a little bit differently. So uh, it's a useful show as it relates to that. But um, I often ask myself, what would Ted do in some of these situations? But I often don't act on it necessarily. <laughs> if it can get you to trend towards taking the higher ground, I mean, I think yeah. you're in a, yeah. in a better spot, you know. Yeah, stay, 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 Stay away from you know, doing anything that, that may have a negative impact. I, I think you're, you're in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. Be closer to what Ted would do as opposed to what Jamie might do. And I think you're, you'll be on the right side of things more often than not. So that's what I'll, that's what I'll keep trying to do. So <laughs> um, again, description on Apple TV, it's a pretty short one. Um, Rebecca hosts the team's annual charity benefit where Ted stages a reconciliation between Roy and Jamie. Uh, I think we'll switch it up a little bit this week because I, I need to talk through some of this before I'm officially comfortable ranking this one in terms of where it is. So we'll do the ranking at the end today, I think. But um, so we'll just we'll just kind of um, get into the, the opening scene and stuff. I, we, we enter this episode at halftime of a game. Uh, they're down two nil and um, <laughs> Jamie's giving Sam some uh interesting time travel advice on how he could be a better soccer player <laughs> um, so, so and, many things could be fixed with a time machine if only you could get that time machine yeah. you could you could fix so many things it's also just yeah. this this scene we jump right into a halftime scene which seems like they've already lost and i think yeah. it's you know it's it's kind of alluded to i don't i don't really think you know that it's halftime until midway through the yeah. scene when when ted goes we have another yeah. half to play <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's just kind of, it's a classic like soccer fight. Cause they're just, Roy's just fed up with Jamie as being a prick. Like he always is. And Isaac's reaction in this scene is kind of funny too. Cause he's just like there to watch it too. He's, he, nobody seems too invested in this team, I guess is really what it amounts to. And they're just there to, to kind of watch the theater that is going to be Roy and Jamie fighting. And Jamie calls him granddad one more time. And then they do a classic soccer fight, which is, to just get really angry at each other and like mash their heads together, <laughs> um, which is, which is pretty funny. But um, I was going to ask you, did you see just like within the last week, there was a, a lower level league in England where um, a player got sent off for headbutting his own teammate on the pitch. <laughs> I did um, hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ted and beard rain this one back in. Um you know, Ted says there's no fight club. Uh, <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's the number one rule. There, there is no fight club. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of an episode to set up, I think, the, the rest of this episode, which is kind of that intervention they talk about for Jamie and Roy. But I just love the cutaway on this scene. Like, you, like I think the last thing you hear is Roy cussing at, at Jamie. And then it's just a lot of anger in this scene. And then you cut to the really upbeat credits, <laughs> the opening credits scene. I just, that's just funny to me. Every time I watch it, I just kind of chuckle. So, um, but yeah, so then we go from the credits to Higgy Higgins. Uh, I keep calling him Higgy boy, but I'll start calling him by his name, I guess. But uh, Higgins and Rebecca are 
assigning tables for the gala. And uh, there's a funny, funny joke about a woman being kicked in the face by a horse. And Rebecca's curious if the horse is okay. Um, but she calls out table four as the boring table, which will we'll come back a little bit later. Um, that's where she ends up assigning somebody else a, a little bit later in the episode. But um, that this is all kind of another scene with the training. They're all on the train pitch and Ted's comparing the team to West Side Story, Sharks versus Jets. Um, and we find out that Nate the Great was actually an understudy for Anita at his all boys school, um, which Ted obviously loves. He eats that up because he's peeling more layers of the Nate the Great there. Um, but we find out that Beard has some game. Um, he, he's got a plus one for, for the gala tonight. Um, so my first question of the day for you is Brene Brown's out there um, spreading the book of Lasso as well. And she's on record as saying Coach Beard is a, a heartthrob in the weirdest way. Um, where are you at on Coach Beard being a heartthrob, Neil? What do you think? <laughs> I think he's certainly not my type. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it's, he's, it's probably just because he's, he's standing close to Ted Lasso is what makes him look that much better, I would say. Uh, we also find out Beard tried to order both entrees, but are you, are you team steak or team chicken, Neil? What are you ordering for that? Well, he got – he got relegated to, to chicken. I think steak would have been like the, the higher value yeah. Yeah. entree, but yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I think I you're right. steak. <laughs> it's a smart, smart choice. But uh, th then that cuts to the office and this is what you're talking about. Ted's back up there um, trying to, to get to Rebecca and say, you know, essentially we need to all sit by each other, but he gives them, gives her some pretty in-depth fashion advice to, to start this scene. Um, Fashion advice is sprinkled throughout this episode from him. Yes. It, it, yeah. it almost seems like if Ted does not make it as a premier league coach, he's going to have is... a, he's going to have a fashion line at, at London fashion week. Like, yeah. I mean, he's very Absolutely. articulate in his, in yeah. his assessment of what to wear yeah. and how to wear it. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we know that he wore PJs to his prom too. So, and wound up in jail for the rest of the night. So, it started at a young age with Ted. He's been, he's been high fashion since prom, but they don't talk about it, but do you have any, uh, you got any backstory or any story that you tell yourself as to how Ted winds up in jail on prom night and his PJs? <laughs> I think there's enough story there that that would make a, a really interesting like fan fiction comic book or yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we need to, we need to do a deep dive on that and figure out what happened. But, uh, but um, I, my, my guess is that he said something like annoyingly positive to a cop or something. And they thought he was like drunk or high or something. They just locked him up because there's like, nobody's this positive. I can't believe you. I don't buy this. You're going to jail. But um, um, we also find that uh, Robbie Williams is canceled and Ted has no idea who, who it is. But uh, Higgins to the rescue as a world-class problem solver <laughs> is going to find a replacement. Um, and again, I don't think Rebecca actually believes that, but she also knows that it's just not something that she's going to be able to do. But um, <laughs> what, what problem has he solved so far? I mean, like his track record of problem solving is, it's pretty yeah. fair. It's been found wanting thus far. Yeah. I think, I think that is an accurate assessment. <laughs> um we cut away to a really quick scene with Jamie and Keely. And I'll, I'll be honest, the Jamie scenes are kind of tough to watch for me still at this point. Cause he's just such a prick. <laughs> um, and uh, Keely deserves better. I think is, is where I'm at on this. Um, and so he, he's kind of obnoxiously um, saying that he's gonna, well, he removes his shirt essentially. And he's just going to wear a suit with no shirt underneath it to the gala. Um and uh, she's trying to help him build his brand. And that's, that's what he's coming up with. But, um, but yeah, I, I just can't, I'll have a question for you later as to who the worst character in this series is thus far, but uh, he's but that, clearly. But that's his, that's his job. He's doing a great oh, job of playing yeah. the yeah. tool, you know, like yeah. he. It's, a, it's acted tremendously. Cause yeah, I really don't like him. He's doing exactly what sure. he's supposed to do. I just, just annoying me every time I see him, but uh but we cut to Ted and Nate kind of meeting up um, before the gala and Ted loves the troubadour and gives him a little 
uh, tip in his his uh, gu- guitar case, I think, which this guy that he's he's tipping will maybe come back later this episode. Um, but he he cuts away to his talking to his wife too, leaving her a voicemail, and um, it's pretty clear things are not getting better at home, right? I mean, he actually stops himself from even saying that he loves her. He st- he begins to say that, and then he says, you know, uh, kind of just stops himself in the middle of that, and so. We see Ted trying to fix all these problems, but we still kind of forget that <laughs> he's there for a reason and his family life's not not going so great. Um, and so but that's that's one thing I, I worry about, Ted Neal. How about you? Like he, he's bottling this stuff up too much. He's trying to he's trying to fix everybody else. He needs he needs some Ted time, don't you think? <laughs> it's I think it seems like he's he's dove into the work to forget his problems for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he certainly dove into the deep end in terms yeah. of his work, uh, going from American football to European football and the tippy top of European football, too. But well, um, he goes from that conversation to kind of playing fairy godfather to, yeah. to Nate, you know, yeah. another yeah. another instance of fashion advice. It's just like, yeah, no, 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 you're not you're not going anywhere in that suit. That looks like your grandpa's suit let's 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 get you hooked up and i guess whisk him away to his tailor who he's already acquired yeah and and it's just he's an off the rack guy you can just buy something off the rack i mean uh you and i couldn't do that we're just built too well for that probably right (laughs) i'm joking um but but yeah that's the thing i love about this scene though like he's so he's he kind of soft sells it he's just like nate are you the kind of guy that likes people to tell you, like, if you got food in your teeth and Nate's like, of course, he's like, good, because that suit fits you in no way, shape or form. And we need to get you a different one. So, um, so yeah. Well, he's, I, he's always going to put it. I mean, he's going to be smooth and classy. You know, he's going to put it yeah. in the, 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 the he's going to word it in such a way where it doesn't hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. He just wanted to know how much leeway he had when he uh, he was doing that with Nate there. But um, so I thought that was a good scene. But so we, presumably at this point, we we assume that he's going to pick up a suit for Nate. But we we haven't had the reveal yet. But uh, they cut to the red carpet. And again, Jamie's on the red carpet being a prick still. Uh, <laughs> can't say it enough. And uh, other players are going through. Um the thing I loved about this scene the most was the Keely and Rebecca interaction. Cause um, compared to where it started, it seems to be that they're kind of forging a bond uh, like we've talked about in some past episodes and Keely really is doing her best to kind of lift Rebecca up and kind of not competing with her and all of these things, which is kind of fun to watch and uh, gives her, gives her some pointers on how to look good on a red carpet and in the, in the pictures and stuff like that. Cause clearly from the first scene, we know that Rebecca's, this isn't exactly her comfort zone and is uh, stressed out about this. So isn't that one of the best parts of the series, right? Like we just went from Nate, you know, not only Ted gave him some feedback, he helped him fix the problem and, and Keely's doing the same thing for Rebecca, you know, she's not just like ripping on her or just, you know, maybe tell her after the fact and make her feel bad, but trying to give her some good feedback in the moment to, to fix yeah. a situation where she's yeah. not as comfortable, which is, you know, there's, there's lots of instances of that. And I think that's one of the things that, that makes uh, the series, so, you know, so different is, you know, it's trying to like, you know, take yeah. care of people in, in, in their moment of need, but. Yep. Absolutely. So we end up at inside the gala now at this point and, uh, Ted and Rebecca kind of happen upon each other and she seems completely taken aback by Ted's appearance. She's like, wow. Um, she doesn't really say anything specific, but it's pretty clear. And he's just like, yeah, you too. Um, and he, he Nate probably is, designed his suit. It's probably his <laughs> own design or something. Yeah. It's, it's I, his fabric that, on the tie. Yeah. And if you see like the inside of like the lining of the suit, it's probably just like, uh, like a caricature of himself or something like that. So that's, that's what I'm going with anyway, but Nate is still commanding respect with Rebecca as well. <laughs> she says, nice to meet you for like the fourth or fifth time to this individual, um, which is funny. And we find out that uh, Beard's girlfriend, love interest. I don't know if they're girlfriend, boyfriend yet, but uh, they, uh, they met each other at his uh, chess club. Um 
And, and as we've recalled in the past, like state champs, baby. <laughs> he's, he's a state champ chess player, but uh, they like each other's moves. And Ted tells that joke and doesn't even realize it's really a joke, I guess. But um, quick cutaway to Roy walking the red carpet. And he walks the red carpet exactly how I would anticipate Roy would walk a red carpet. <laughs> he, uh, he has no interest in this and curses at everyone that might be there to take a picture of him. But um, they all arrive at their table for the night and quickly realize that it's Roy, Jamie, Ted, Keeley, Nate, <laughs> um, all of these people. They didn't get table eight, though, as requested. They got table nine. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, they got table eight and they all try and bail, but Ted again says that he parent trapped him and this is his attempt uh, at an intervention with Roy and Jamie. Um, so they try and go around the table and give some input or, you know, start doing some of the airing, airing of grievances and uh, Keely starts. This, this is where my lasso lassoism comes oh. from. Okay. Let's hear and, it. And you know, you know, they're, they're going around and not very happy that they have to spend the evening, you know, on the same table and uh, Ted says, here's an idea that's going to help a little or hurt a lot or hurt a whole yeah. lot, um, yeah. which, which, I mean, I think that's, that's true. I, I really, I, I really feel like, you know, as people, you know, start to drink, it really reveals <laughs> their true nature. And I, and yeah. I feel like as the, as, as these characters get drinking they're they don't have much of a filter with each other already, but yeah. any filter is going to be removed uh, yeah. i just I, I just like that uh that quote yeah. um but well and that's ted kind of doing his best homer simpson impersonation i think too because i think he has that famous quote about like alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems and so that's what we're going to find out tonight is whether this is going to help or hurt um <laughs> so yeah um ted then just kind of goes to the bar to start liquoring up everybody essentially. Sure. Um, and uh, we find out that Higgins is <laughs> feverishly eliminating potential musical guests. Uh, so people who can't make it um, and, and by process of elimination will, will finally um, zero in on one, but he's, you know, he's moments away from having to unveil who this person is. And I don't think he's any closer now than he was in the morning, I guess, whenever he was assigned the task. So world-class problem solver um, seems to be on par with what he would usually be doing, I guess. But Rebecca's clearly nervous about giving her speech here and Ted tries to give her some, uh, some wisdom, some a suggestion on how to break the ice by making fun of herself. But it's also clear that <laughs> he wants no part of suggesting what that might be. Well, he's, um, he's super conflicted. I wouldn't say he wants no part of it. I mean, he does, he does give her the advice that that's a good way yeah. to go, but doesn't want to walk into, you know, finding a flaw and, yeah. and telling her about it. But I mean, up until the very end, he still, he still was kind of thinking about something. Could he get away with yeah. saying it? Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to yeah. do more harm than good. I'm just going to yeah. take my seven drinks and, and walk away. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. And he walks past Beard and, and Jane, um, his, his plus one, uh, playing a little Queen's Gambit, it seems. They're playing, they're playing chess without a board here at this point. And Ted seems to be intrigued by that. But uh, we cut to Rebecca's speech. And she, I mean, she took Ted up on his advice. She pokes a little fun at herself at the, at the beginning of the speech. And it goes over well. She, you know, she kind of says she's not much of a hugger. And uh, everyone else seems to, to agree with that. But um, the thrust of this scene is that we finally meet Rupert. Uh, I think this is the first time we actually meet him. We see a picture of him earlier, I think. But um, we find out in the flesh who this guy is. And uh, it turns out that he RSVP'd no. And so Rebecca's a little taken aback by the fact that he's there, obviously. Um, and, you know, just kind of begs for her to have him at this gala and all these things and takes a drink from somebody sitting at one of the tables and just kind of says, you know, it's one of the good things about being a wealthy good for nothing is that you can pretty much just do whatever the hell you want. So, um, yeah, I mean, so he ends up getting assigned to uh, table four um, <laughs> and uh, which, as Rebecca said earlier, is is the boring table, um, which 
I don't, I don't think she said actually, he's like, go to the boring table, table four. She, she said it in jest, but she was actually absolutely sincere um, as it relates to that. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Rupert. I have a couple questions for you about Rupert in a little bit, but that's the intro scene to Rupert. Uh, what were your initial? Well, well, and it totally just deflates Rebecca, right? Like yeah. she, she, she was like, things are going better for her. You know, some of the things that she was yeah. most concerned about, she tackles them, you know, the red carpet went better than ever. You know, the, yeah. um, the intro went really smoothly until she was interrupted by her, by her yeah. ex-husband uh, showing up. But then when he, he shows up, it totally, it totally deflates, deflates her yeah. and then, you know, kind of throws her, throws her off. And, and yeah. uh, that's an important part of this gala, I think. So Nate ends up, <laughs> we cut to Nate real quick. I don't think Nate's much of much of a drinker. Would you would you agree with that? Uh, certainly not not of the martini variety. It seems, um, which is just how he's feeling a... in his suit. Like it's a perfect like he feel he he's feeling like James Bond, and yeah, a martini that... seems like it would be a good idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Until, until he until he actually tries it. Um, yeah. But uh, we do find out that uh, Isaac and Colin have been. Um, the bullying issue has been fixed. Isaac and Colin aren't going to be messing with, with Nate anymore. Um, and uh, that, that's a good thing, obviously. And later he goes up to Roy to try to give him a hug and thank him for that. But that kind of blows up in his face a little bit. But uh, so that's a good thing. That's official. It seems Nate's, Nate's free and clear of those jabronis. But, uh, but we cut back to the table and Jamie's spilling soup on his chest, which the fact that he doesn't have a shirt on is going to be a, a problem for him. So um, it, it's kind of funny that Keely and Roy then kind of team up on Jamie a little bit with regard to that. And also, uh, what's required of him on a date in the event that someone other than Keely might win the date. Um, and Jamie storms off and is just pissed that, you know, Keely and Roy are kind of teaming up on him. And, uh, so he storms off and Keely just kind of puppy dogs him a little bit and follows him right afterwards. And, and it's kind of, you know, Jamie, it's just a joke, but we kind of well, start to see seems... a little bit of a, a rapport yes. between a little bit of a rapport between Roy and Keely. That's there's uh, almost more chemistry there than with her boyfriend, exactly, for sure. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. It seems, it seems that it's not quite as forced between Roy and Keely as it is with the, uh, um, Jamie and, and Keely. So, so that's, that's maybe a sign of things to come, but, um, but then we end up, it's just Ted and Roy at the table and uh, you know, Ted's just kind of like, well, what the heck happened now after he just sees them storm off and <laughs> uh, Roy indicates that um, Jamie's being a little bitch prima donna <laughs> and, and Ted kind of cuts right to the heart of it and just says, you know, and when you were 23 years old, making all this money in this league, what were you? And, uh, Roy immediately gets it. Obviously, he's just like, "Yeah, I was a little bitch prima donna." And uh, Ted unleashes one of the the best lassoisms of the series for me thus far, and just says, "You know, uh, don't let the wisdom of age be wasted on you." And uh, pretty much then, just like Mike drops, and he's like, "I got to get yeah. out of here." I just I just came up with that. I'm feeling pretty good about it. He's like, "I'm gonna let it stew for a little bit." <laughs> um, and so it's just even his favorite. It's his favorite lassoism. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I gotta, I gotta get out of here before I mess it up by saying anything else on this thing. Um, and so that's when Ted, I think he has to go uh, talk to, to Rebecca and Rupert, which is why he has to leave the table. But, uh, but then we have the, the awkward um, Nate scene where he's trying to thank Roy for fixing the Colin Isaac problem. And he awkwardly kind of leans in for a hug, but they just end up like, faces like three inches from each other um but uh but yeah he, he does thank him after all but the scene the next scene is just again more rupert and um this is the first time we've met rupert and so he's ted's really meeting him for the first time too obviously and um you know he's kind of just going through kind of some initial pleasantries and stuff like this and talks about um sports teams and our lifetime obsessions just like uh, best friends older sisters but um, do you want to talk about any best friends, older sisters, Neil, you got anything in that, in that category you want to discuss or <laughs> not publicly, not public. That's, that's good enough. Uh, fair enough. But, um, but like in this scene, it's interesting to me because like 
you know, Ted's like, or uh, I should say Rupert's still like, you know, do you believe in Ted, Rebecca? And she's still pretty cagey. Like she's, sure. she's still got her plan to kind of burn this place down. Right. And she's like, yeah, he's exactly what we've needed. Um, and just kind but, of, you know, go ahead. But she's also just off balance too. Right. Like, yeah, she, she, yeah. she's, she's definitely way less confident in this, in this episode than you've ever seen her, you know, like, yeah. Rupert showing up has totally thrown her off. So you could definitely yeah. toss toss her lack of answer to that question um, to yeah. that. In addition to Rupert's throwing like weird backhanded compliments at her all the all over the place. Like good for you getting out there again and stuff like that. It's just that was one of my questions for you because like Kim and I watched this and I was just like, is that? I think that's just backhanded. I don't think it was meant as a compliment at all. Like, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Like, I, I mean, cause the quote actually is it's good for you getting out there looking like that, which there's a number of problems with that statement. One, I don't think he has good eyes because like, I don't know what the looking like that even means. Cause I think he means it as an insult, but like, <laughs> not to sound too weird, but she looks pretty good to me. Like he's just kind of like, to your point, just like weirdly piling on is just like, and he's just doing it to be a dick. And she, she kind of gives some insight as to what this is kind of the things he's done to her for a long time, but sure. Um, I guess, I guess we don't know. I mean, it's assumed that their divorce didn't go well. Like, I mean, yeah. it was very contentious. I mean, she took his most prized possession and yeah. you know he doesn't know, you know, what the, what, what she has in store for it, but. I yeah. mean, it, I mean, there, there's still a lot of hurt feelings on, on both sides for sure. How much money do these folks have too? Cause like she bought him out as part of the divorce. I mean, this isn't a cheap proposition to like take over a premier league club. So, I mean, like they've really got F you money too. Like they're, for sure. he, he, he does have a ton of money. Um, um, but, but Ted's starting to, I mean, already in this scene, you can kind of tell Ted's starting to get a read on this guy. Um, you know, he, this is where he initially finds out that Robbie Williams, who's canceled as the musical guest that Robbie and Rupert are friends. Um, and that, uh, Ted'll run it up the flagpole, which is, that's a, that's a, a saying that Ted at least recognizes that they won't understand in England, which, you know, as we've talked about before, he's got a lot of other sayings that I, I don't think they'd know either, but he never he never seems to clarify those ones, but, but um, so my question for you is like, we've met Rupert and this is the bulk of his work in this episode. Is he a worse character than Jamie at this point or wh where are you at on that? And. Hmm. Could, could, could he be Jamie's father? Like <laughs> that's my, I, my next note is like, I have a conspiracy theory that like, <laughs> Rupert is actually the father of Jamie. That's where I'm at. Absolutely. That's hilarious that you've mentioned that because I, 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 my next note says conspiracy theory. Rupert is actually the father of Jamie. Um, Cause they are, they are certainly from the same tree in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, you know, Rupert's a lot, you know, farther along in age and stuff. So there's maybe some redemption still coming headed, you know, headed Jamie's way. But uh, I think Rupert is who he is at this point. And um, Rupert's a lot scarier. I mean, because Rupert's got like a crazy cash and yeah. he's a little more intelligent than, than, than Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose there's that. But um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, uh, he's certainly at the bottom of the power rankings for uh, likability factor in, in terms of characters like. He sucks. <laughs> uh, but again, I mean, that's obviously by design. I mean, um, but uh, but yeah. And I'll talk a little bit more about it later. But yeah, he's also been a pretty terrible human being to his ex-wife, too. But um, but yeah, so we, we cut to the auction then um, and Jamie kind of telling Keeley because um, there's there's a local woman. The I think the number one breeder of Shetland ponies is actually there to to try and win Jamie. Uh, but Jamie really wants Keely to win him. And there's a battle between those two. And then another woman kind of comes in um, and Rupert 
is kind of a misogynistic prick to her too. And he doesn't even know her, but um, just kind of says, Oh, what a stunning bid. And that's, that applies to the bid and the bidder. And uh, we find out more about that relationship later too, but turns out that uh, Keely ends up spending 25,000 pounds on a date with Jamie, which is, I mean, I don't know what that conversion rate is, but it's got to be pretty significant. That's a lot of money. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so yeah, it's just, uh, I, I think that lays the groundwork for a later scene. There's not much else to that scene, but we, uh, we cut to Ted and Rebecca outside, which is like the heart of this episode, um, in my opinion, this scene. Um, but before we get into the, the rather serious topic of this scene, you ever been on a, a rickshaw or a tandem bicycle? <laughs> I think I have. Okay. I think I think I ordered a drink that night, like Ted did in this episode, where I had a double <laughs> and a single in one, and uh, <laughs> kind of a funny takeaway from, like I said, what what begins to be a, a more serious scene for for this show, anyway, because um, this scene the, really. Just, well, and just like the horn on the the rickshaw, right? Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of makes it a little lighter because, I mean, like yeah. Rebecca is really raw in that scene, you know. Like, yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, it, it, the the rickshaw kind of makes it a little lighter, gives some yeah. comic relief to the to that scene. That and and that's the first time she's kind of really opened up to Ted, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear after this scene that like not surprisingly, Rupert has kind of abused her for quite a while and is completely shaken by his arrival at the auction, uh, despite, you know, her telling him to take over the auction and those things. But, you know, and now she finds herself alone, which is exactly what he said would happen if, if they got divorced and all of these things. And she doesn't want to be alone, but she also didn't want to stay with that guy because um, I think rightly so. She probably wasn't being treated very well by him. So, um and Ted's really like, he started a little bit earlier, but he's really getting the full picture of the impact this guy's had on Rebecca now. And I, uh, I think up until this point, she's really kind of shielded Ted and everybody else from that, but it's just too much tonight. And like you say, Ted's kind of finally seeing behind that curtain a little bit um, and starting, starting to get it. Cause otherwise she seems to be a pretty successful individual right i mean she's the owner of this team and all these things and she kind of puts on a brave face whether it be the shitty questions being asked of her at press conferences or just kind of the the interaction of those types of things but um but yeah it's it's taken a toll it seems um and and this is the breaking point but um there's a cure reference uh the robert smith reference i don't know if you caught that but but uh yeah she says she needs to freshen up because she's she looks like robert smith after a nap. So she, she lets Ted go on in by herself. And um, yeah. So, but uh, we cut to Roy and Jamie kind of um, trying to iron out their differences a little bit. And, and Roy's moved on from McDonald's references and, and insults and just gone to Yankee doodle now, which is maybe a sign of respect. I don't know if that's, if that's a lesser insult than, Ronald freaking McDonald or not, but he essentially tells the story of him coming up in the league and pretty much says that when he came up, there was a guy named Doug Stashwick that was essentially the equivalent of Roy in this situation and kind of says how he resolved his differences with him. And um, it was the same thing that, that Ted's trying to push. Um, And begrudgingly, they kind of both admit to, you know, that the other one's right in terms of, kind of Roy's a you got to kiss the ring a little bit and and Jamie's just a prick (laughs) isn't that isn't that nice though that Jamie did admit that he had a poster of Roy in his room that is that's probably the sweetest thing that he says yeah ever full stop (laughs) yeah yeah I I think that's that's probably true because he doesn't exactly he admits to it but he doesn't exactly own up to it in great I mean he's not exactly taking this in the way that it's supposed to but Cause he pretty much oh, just after, says after, like, after saying that he's like, you're not as, you're not the player you yeah, used to be though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he like, doesn't let that sink in. Yeah. Like everything. I mean, like if you take it at face value and if it's said by somebody else, you might give it a little bit more credibility, but 
it's it's Jamie. So it's like, yeah, he's going to undercut this in some way. And sure enough, yeah, he's like, he's pretty much saying like, I had a poster of you growing up, but like, I'm not a little kid anymore and you're old as shit. So <laughs> you're washed um, up pretty much. That's what he's getting at. But uh, yeah, typical fashion. He's just like, you know, I don't want to admit to that, even if it's a little bit true. So, I mean, that's as, that's as close to to him admitting to it. But I think it's overall, it is kind of a, a bearing of the hatchet with these two. And um, they, they kind of cheers at the end of it, which I thought was just kind of funny because um, Jamie asks Roy, like, whatever happened to that Doug guy? Are you guys friends? He's like, no, I hope he's dead. <laughs> and so Jamie immediately just says, like, well, cheers to you dying then. <laughs> And so I, I just thought that was a, a funny way to end that scene because it's like they, they kind of got some stuff out in the open, but they're, they still are both who they are. Like they're not they're not walking off of that. But uh, but we, we cut to Ted and Rupert and Rupert's opening line in this scene is just another great impersonation of <laughs> um, an American accent. I think I, I don't know. Is this impersonation of uh, Ted better than. Uh, than Roy's from the last episode. I guess it's not an impersonation of Ted. It's just a, an American impersonation, I suppose. But uh, yeah, the, the howdy partner <laughs> that Rupert gives, I thought was, I was, that was pretty funny. But I don't know, as I watched it, like Ted is like kind of in a different mode in this part of the scene or in this part of the episode for me. He's kind of in attack mode on Rupert a little bit. Like he's he's completely kind of like, focused in and kind of got Rupert's number at this point. And it's just like, you know, it just dawned on me that you could have just as easily texted Robbie to not come to this. Um, and uh, even though you're trying to save it now, like, I don't, I don't trust you kind of. And uh, you know, Rupert's response is, well, that would kind of make me an asshole. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? And Ted just kind of like nods his head to him a little bit. He's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> That's my point. Um, do you think so, that he he did? Do you think he did sabotage? I absolutely did. Yeah, really? and yeah. I, I think Rupert sabotaged everything at this point. He's responsible for all of this, even Jamie at this point. So that's that's where I'm at on. Uh, but this is one of the scenes, and I know we talk about it like every episode. Like this is one of the scenes where I think Ted is kind of exhibiting some of the best traits of himself, and some that I'd like to see in myself sometimes a little bit more. Like he's given Rupert a chance. I mean, he, he, he hasn't come into that with any kind of preconceived notions or anything. Like he had an open mind, despite probably what he's heard and all the reports he was probably just able to read, obviously, but he's now witnessed him tonight and kind of the abuse he directs at, at Rebecca and stuff and uh, makes up his mind rather quickly and kind of starts sticking up for you know, someone that he certainly thinks is a friend or, you know, even if it's just his boss, like kind of sticking up just for what's right. Um, and so, but even when he does it, it's not like overly aggressive or anything like that. It's as Trent Krim would say, it's, uh, it's subtle and he never hits you over the head with it. But uh, certainly I think he puts Rupert on notice in this, in this scene. And that's, I just love it because I think Rupert knows now too, that Ted's not exactly a friendly as it, as it, relates to team Rupert or not. So um, like I said, I, I thought that was one of the, the better aspects of this scene in the episode altogether, but, um, but yeah. So Rupert then just goes, I think he goes to top off his drink or something like that. And uh, Higgins is still frantically <laughs> looking for a musical guest and is curious if Rebecca might know um, what the real Adele looks like. Um, which I, you know, I don't know if she would or not. So I don't know if that's on her radar or not, but. Um, the ballroom Ted, seems pretty dark. They could maybe adjust that? the light. The ballroom looks yeah. a little dark. They could yeah. maybe adjust yeah. the lighting. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Ted, you know, kind of seems to have an idea and tells Higgy that he, he wants him to come with him on an adventure and uh, tells him to forget the best, forget the rest. He needs the best. And so. They go off and we don't really know where they're going until a little bit later, but uh, um, we cut to Rebecca kind of freshening up in the bathroom and Keely's in there at the time. And um, she, you know, kind of confides in her that like, thanks for the help again on the red carpet, but, you know, they're already up and they, they look all right for once. Um, but, um, and so, you know, I think Rebecca's beginning to trust Keely a lot more than she probably has trusted anybody else in the show thus far. And 
and kind of, you know, says, you know, I just want you to know that this other woman who was bidding on Jamie was his other plus one. <laughs> um, and Keely kind of unflinchingly just responds like, well, he's a cheeky little prick, isn't he? <laughs> um, and then she kind of just starts to drink Rebecca's drink <laughs> um, and kind of gives her life story a little bit, which I thought was funny when she refers to herself as Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> because when she was 18, she was dating a 23 year old footballer. And now she's nearly 30 and is still dating uh, a 23 year old footballer, which I, I just thought that was, that was kind of funny, but, um, but uh, yeah. So um, she kind of Keely then just goes and cuts in and on Keely and uh, or Jamie and Bex talking. And that this is while the auction for Roy is going on. Um, and Roy, again, in true Roy fashion, is just not wanting to participate in this whatsoever. Pretty much just says, we're not leaving the SW14. Uh, we're not doing any of the stuff that Rupert's talking about. We're, we're going to just like pretty much just sit around and do nothing, I guess. They're not going to a hotel. They're not going to a pool, any of it. Um, and uh, Jamie says he doesn't get jealous. And Keely ends up bidding on him. Um, and uh, that pisses Jamie off quite a bit, which might might be the end of things with that. But um, but Neil, if you're at this auction and you got twenty five thousand dollars to throw, are you going? Are you going to bid on Jamie or are you going to bid on uh, Roy? What are you going to do? <laughs> That's a lot of money. I can't even imagine. I mean, I I would would leave frequent open bar. And leave with twenty five thousand dollars. That is crazy money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's a, even. Yeah, there's a lot of money being raised. The kids should not go hungry. That's for sure. Yeah, they they should not. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah. So Keely kind of starts a bidding war with uh, Cheryl, as Rupert calls her, the the Shetland pony breeder, and I think she finally loses, but kind of bids it up a little bit and uh, embarrasses and then well, it turns out it embarrasses both Roy and Keely actually, or, and Jamie actually, but, uh, but so that, that ends the bid or the auction, but Rupert can't let it go without just being an annoying prick for one more thing, because he, uh, he pretty much says like auctions over except for one last little surprise. And he pulls out a check for 1 million pounds and just, annoyingly says i think that gets rebecca over her goal of eight hundred thousand pounds <laughs> i have a i have a question for you so like was the obstacle course of his like barbs and like was it all hanging in the balance like if she didn't like just take it and grin and you know if she like lashed out or anyone lashed out at him do you think that check would have come out if, if he wasn't able if 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 his if he wasn't able to be the auctioneer, like would yeah. would the check would the check have come out? I don't I don't think so. Say so yeah, yeah, I totally disagree. He he, I think he's just a classic narcissist. He doesn't care about any of that. He just cares about the way people see him. And that check's coming out. Like I said, he's got fu money. Like what does he care? Like if you're throwing that around, like that was coming out either way. And and to be honest with you, I'm gonna go the other direction if she had thrown down a little bit more, he might've given more money to her is what I'm going to say, because he's just like, yeah, this is where we're at. Um, Cause he's just got like this shit eating grin on his face when he hands her the check too. And he's just like for the children, eh? and it's just like, Oh, I just want to punch him in the throat when he says that it's like, dude. Um, I mean, it's the most obnoxious thing he's done in this episode. I mean, obviously other than like kind of the abuse he directs towards Rebecca, but just like, so yeah, I think a hundred percent he's, he's given that money. No matter why. Yep. And, okay. and, uh, but maybe you, maybe you're right. Maybe he had like checks in each pocket and he, he had to go to a specific pocket depending on how much, how much he wanted to give and how much pushback he was getting from her. But, uh, but yeah, but we end up, so after this, we end up with the, the main event kind of like Higgins and Ted have found, an undiscovered mega talent to take over for Robbie Williams. Um, and uh, Rebecca is obviously a little bit, uh, uh, she's not exactly sold on this individual. He doesn't present exactly the greatest, but uh, I thought it was funny the way that she introduced him as 
Cam something from all the way outside. But uh, what do you think, Cam Cole? Uh, that's the that's the musical guest. Have you listened first, to him? What for sure? Yeah, I think that he steals like the, especially the first time you watch this episode, he kind of yeah. steals the show. Like it's just like yeah. you know this this guy that that's a street performer like comes in with this really big sound and he gets he gets people off their feet and dancing. I yeah. mean, like yeah, I think he's he's you know steals the episode almost. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm with you. But uh, yeah, so check him out. He, he's pretty good. You can find him on Apple Music. I think just about any any, any music provider, from what I can tell. But uh, we not we a then, lot, uh, not a lot of uh, stuff there. I think there's like a live album and a and a studio album. Yeah. Ho- yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, more to come from Cam Cole. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Beard is still wanting to play chess with no board with 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 Jane, but. She just wants to dance, but he, he eventually does get out to the dance floor and rips it up a little bit. Um, but he may have uh, ruined his chances with Jane because he has to get in a checkmate before, before he does that. But uh, we, from that, you know, Cam finishes his song um, and then we cut to the outside and everybody's leaving. Rebecca's saying, you know, goodbye to everybody. Um, and another, this is another one of the, the portions of the episode where I think Ted is, um, better than most and and better than me in a lot of ways like he's offering genuine support to rebecca and just kind of like like i said before like you think you might be the only one that can see who that guy really is referring to rupert and he's just like well you aren't um and like i don't there's no motivation behind it there's no ulterior motive he's just again trying to provide genuine support to her so um which brings a question like so where do you think Rebecca's at at the end of this episode right now with her plan to use Ted to take down the club? Ha- has, has the worm turned or is she still, where do you think? You think she's still planning to do that? I think she's just taking everything a minute by minute in this episode. Yeah. I don't yeah. think she's thinking long-term. Like she's just trying to get through this, through this event. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, I think, the long-term, I mean, she already set everything in motion to, to yeah. try to burn down the club. Uh, sure. And, yeah. you know, I don't know. There's no going back, but, but uh, I, I think she's, she's definitely shown signs throughout all the episodes where she's starting to warm to, yeah. to Ted um, or, 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 you know, she's wearing, Ted's wearing her down significantly yeah. moment, moment by moment. Yeah. Well, and there's like, there's a famous quote that I kind of thought like, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And like Rebecca has been completely punched in the face by Ted Lasso's sincere kindness and just good nature at this point. And I I don't know what she's going to do, but I think the cracks are totally starting to show in this and kind of starting to show in her plot to use Ted to destroy the club kind of because in previous episodes, you know, like she just, you know, confused by his kindness and now yeah. you know yeah may, maybe she's she's softening uh to him a bit but i don't yeah. know yeah yeah we so after that we cut to jamie and keely really quick um jamie's trying to apologize but you know kind of just doesn't even know what he's apologizing for and stuff like that and um roy cuts in is just kind of being pissed off about being used as a prop in their fight and again, kind of that same chemistry that they had earlier, like she sincerely apologizes to Roy and says like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Like accountability matters. I mean, using the words directly from Rebecca, uh, essentially. And the uh, scene ends with Keely breaking up with Jamie. Thank God. Um, and, um, you know, Jamie's response is just kind of whatever. Um and, and, you know, this scene kind of also demonstrates like the Roy versus Jamie and you know, Roy's got some depth to him and Jamie's just like a mile wide and an inch deep. There's just no depth to him at all. Just all about himself. So, um, but yeah, so at least I'm glad Keely finally broke up with him. That's, uh, that's good. And then Keely goes and steals some alcohol and asks Rebecca if she wants to get drunk (laughs) and they, uh, they ride off in a rickshaw together and, um, 
Ted is now consoling Beard on their way home for <laughs> uh, putting the game before the Dame again. So uh, that, that's pretty good. But that's the episode. I guess there's a little cutaway uh, to Ted on the phone, and that gives a little bit of a preview in terms of what's to be expected for the next episode. Ted's family is going to be coming to visit him. So um, we have that to look forward to. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so anything else to add? Well, I guess we got to do uh, the ranking. Where are you at? Where's this episode at in terms of, so on the podcast, we're only doing a Royal Rumble style. So does, is this better than episode three, Trent Krim, The Independence? It does not dethrone episode number number three for me. Uh, okay. Ep- episode three is still, still the top for me. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, I have to, I'll have to sit down and actually think about where it is overall. It's a really, really good episode. Um, I, like you say, I think it, it's kind of like uh, pizza. Like it's all good, but uh, this pizza has pineapple on it, I think. So it's not as good as some. <laughs> well, it just kind of sets a lot of the, the course of the, the later episodes, you know, like the, I mean, there's a lot of important stuff that happens in this episode. Um it's maybe not as, as fun or as joyful as, as some of yeah. the others you have, you got breakups, you got, yeah. you know, tense ex spouses, you know, like there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of, a lot yeah. of stuff you have to, to get through in this episode and, and yeah. uh, there's better stuff ahead for sure. Certainly. But yeah, it's certainly a good episode though. Cause I think we get to see behind uh, the curtain a little bit on Ted too. Cause He's dealing, we also, I mean, we keep knowing he's dealing with a lot at home too, but uh, I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of fun to watch him in a little bit of an attack mode on Rupert <laughs> just because I don't like Rupert, <laughs> but uh, well, the whole episode, like, especially, well, he's controlling the situation. He's trying to, to yeah. move things around to, to help the team and to, to help the people around him. And uh, Rupert, Rupert is uh, throw, throws that in jeopardy. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else to add? No, sir. All right. Well, enjoy that dynamo game. Um, hopefully it doesn't rain on you too much. So that that's it for today until we meet again, live life the lasso way. Mm-hmm.